Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of our Topics and Drug Testing podcast series. My name is Frank Samaro. I'm the Director of Marketing for the Clinical Drug Monitoring Franchise here at Quest Diagnostics. I'm super excited about our episode today. It's titled Health Trends 2021 Drug Misuse in America. Our podcast will feature Dr. Jeff Gooden and Dr. Jack Kane, and I will turn it over to them to get the discussion started. So Dr. Gooden, Dr. Kane, over to you. Thanks, Frank, and welcome to you all again to another episode of our podcast where we talk about clinically and often critically important issues in medicine. Many of you know here at Quest Diagnostics, we publish a report each and every year called Health Trends. Well, our 2021 report on health trends looked at drug misuse in America, and we did something pretty novel. Not only did we get to mine the millions of drug tests that come into Quest Diagnostics for positivity rates, but we did a survey of over 500 primary care clinicians on the front lines treating these very difficult patients with substance use and chronic pain disorders to get their perspectives of what has it been like in the last couple of years since the COVID-19 pandemic has hit? How has it changed healthcare? And more importantly, how has it affected their perception of drug use and drug misuse? This is Dr. Jeff Gooden. I'm a senior medical advisor on the medical affairs side to Quest Diagnostics. I'm also board certified in pain, addiction, anesthesiology, as well as palliative care. And I'm on faculty at University of Miami in the Department of Anesthesia and Pain Medicine. I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Jack Kane. Jack, why don't you give a quick introduction? Yeah, how are you doing, Dr. Gooden? Uh, I'm Dr. Jack Kane, Director and Medical Science Liaison, specifically for drug monitoring and toxicology. Really excited to talk about physicians' perspectives and how they overlap with our laboratory data. That's great. So, you know, like I said, what we've done is combine some opinions of practicing clinicians out there with the data that we've collected at Quest Diagnostics on drug testing positivity. Let's face it, doctors on the front lines face these barriers when trying to deal with patients in the practice from a drug monitoring standpoint, how to identify drug misuse. And they told us just how critically important drug testing is to their practices. So there were a number of key findings that we'll go over each one of these with you today, how the drug crisis has been worsened by the pandemic, how the doctors think they've missed signs of drug misuse amongst their own patients, their high levels of fear for drugs of misuse on the street, drugs like fentanyl, how much lack of confidence they have in counseling their patients about drug testing. And then we'll talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of how we drug test, like physicians' understandings of presumptive versus definitive drug testing, a topic that you can find in a previous podcast that we've done before. Hey, Jack, I've heard you talk about this in the past before. Talk to us a little bit about how there's been a bit of a mental health crisis when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, you know, in this study, key finding one, it's no surprise that the pandemic worsened the drug crisis. And physicians anticipate a continuing rise in overdose deaths. I mean, overdose deaths are at an all-time high, uh, and we're essentially facing a triple threat to public health. That is the result of COVID-19, declining mental health due to negative stimuli associated with the COVID-19 infection and all the repercussions that come with that, and drug misuse. Our patients self-medicating to treat anxiety, to supplement 
or treat their fear and so forth, various other um, mental health disorders. When we asked the, the primary care docs, hey, listen, tell us a little bit about your practice. 94% of them said that their patients were having more stress, more anxiety, and other mental health issues. Remind us what the report said about how they think the pandemic is going to affect drug misuse. 71% believe the pandemic has made the drug crisis worse. 76% believe drug overdose deaths will rise as the pandemic subsides. 82% believe drug overdose deaths represent a national failure. You know what happened during the pandemic, and look, this was by necessity, right? We went to this model of not seeing patients in person, this new telemedicine model, which everybody says has changed the future forever. Well, let me tell you, I'm not sure it was such a good idea for certain types of patients, the at-risk pain patients, the patients with substance use disorders. You know, there are individuals that needed medications for opioid use disorder like buprenorphine or methadone or naltrexone. And many of them weren't able to get those medicines during the pandemic. So what do we think happened? Those patients probably went back to misusing drugs. So an important kind of outcome or output of this survey is highlighting just how much stress and how much pressure the the frontline clinicians are who have to deal with patients and prescribing medicines each and every day. Hey, Jack, tell us about key finding number two. Yeah, so physicians worry that they've missed signs, and there's many of them that actually have. 67% of physicians worry that they've missed signs of substance use disorders among their patients during the pandemic. 80% of physicians worry that some patients at high risk for drug misuse or use disorders stop seeing their doctors during the pandemic, potentially permanently. 88% of physicians believe that clinical drug testing is critical for preventing drug misuse. And so we ask in a quest, how is that drug testing being delivered if the patient's not showing up to the clinic? And is it being utilized in a telehealth manner? And what solutions are available? And finally, 80% of physicians believe that the lack of drug testing during the pandemic put more people at risk for undetected drug misuse or use disorders. So it's similar to the sentiment that you just shared, Dr. Gudin. Of course. And if you remember, Jack, you and I presented this data together at a poster at a national meeting that just Quest's experience in the weeks to months following the pandemic, we saw a 70% decrease in the volume of drug testing. So we know that patients weren't being monitored out there in the communities. And we see why one of the reasons that there's been a spike in drug misuse is perhaps that we haven't been monitoring patients well enough. You know, when we talk to physicians about their use of telehealth visits, three quarters of them said that telehealth limits their ability to determine if patients are at risk for misusing prescription drugs. They know that many of their patients, the majority, skipped visits or missed visits during the pandemic. So they're not very confident that they could pick up on signs of misuse, like you said, if they're not seeing the patients back in the office. Their confidence level was about 50% via telehealth versus 91% in person. And that makes a lot of sense, right? We want to see the whites of patients' eyes. We want to put our finger on their pulse literally and, and figuratively. We want to know how they're doing between visits. And for certain sensitive patients, that's just not something you could do from afar. Mm-hmm. Right, Jack, tell us a little bit about how physicians felt about their prescribing in the previous months. Physicians prescribe more gabapentin for chronic pain. It's not surprising. We know that opioid prescribing has decreased since its peak levels in 2011, according to IQVIA data. 
So gabapentin is being utilized more. Prescribing for chronic pain in the last six months, well, 87% of physicians prescribed gabapentin, 65% of physicians prescribed opioids. 27% of physicians say gabapentin prescribing will increase. 70% of physicians say opioid prescribing will increase as well. And then, of course, there's always concerns of misuse, as you know, Dr. Gooden. 98% of physicians are concerned about controlled substances misuse. And 75% of physicians are concerned about opioid misuse. You know, Jack, it's interesting on the gabapentin statistics, and it supports what I see in clinical practice. Every week, I see patients that are sent to the pain center, and almost everybody has been put on gabapentin, whether they have nociceptive pain, neuropathic pain, visceral pain, headaches. And one of my favorite things to do is stop gabapentin, because when you talk to patients, you ask them about the utility. And, you know, if you, even the data supports maybe a 40% effectiveness rate, it's not 100%. And there are plenty of patients who could do without the side effects of gabapentin. So it is not a panacea. It is not a great drug for nociceptive or arthritic pain. But yet doctors are looking for alternatives from controlled substances or non-opioids because gabapentin is now controlled substance in many locations. All right, Jack, talk to us a little bit about fentanyl, right? We hear a lot in the news about fentanyl. There was the recent CDC release of data about overdose deaths. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, overdose deaths rose 30% in 2020, according to CDC reports. Over 96,000 deaths occurred from March 2020 to March 2021. More than 60% of overdose deaths involved fentanyl. That's more than 60%. And fentanyl, as you know, is a very potent a drug 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine and heroin, respectively. And what do the physicians think? Well, 86% of physicians worry that illicit fentanyl will claim more lives than prescription opioids. 78% of physicians fear patients will turn to illicit fentanyl if unable to get a prescription medication. And so what does our Quest data say? 35% increase for non-prescribed fentanyl and 44% increase for heroin. Uh, yeah. So Jack, you know, uh, one important thing we didn't say is that our health trends report is available to you readily for download. You could find it online. You could reach out through your quest representatives. If you search for the health trends 2021 report, and you'll see a lot of this data in there. You know, we collaborated on this project with a group called the partnership to end addiction. And one of their quotes was like, look, we started to make really good strides in, in tackling the opioid epidemic, but those gains have been overturned, right? Between the rising mental health crisis, more fentanyl and illicit drugs, they say we're facing truly a, a medical mm -hmm. catastrophe here. All right, let's get back to the report. When we talked to doctors, most of them felt they were pretty confident in their ability to address prescription drug misuse with their patients. Most of them felt that they could identify patients at risk for drug misuse. And when you talk to them about how that happens, it comes from their interviewing of patients and it comes from drug testing. 85% of the clinicians we surveyed said that drug testing gives them confidence when prescribing. But listen to this statistic, and this is where it gets worrisome. 77% of physicians said they don't always use drug testing for their patients. How do you differentiate who to use it for and who not to? I'm not sure. You know, when you look at our data, Jack, I'm going to have your report in just a second, but I'll give away some of the, uh, the details. About half of the patients that we test, half of the samples, show some signs of misuse. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, 49% of our results showed combined 
prescribed drugs with at least one other non-prescribed substance. And you hear me talk about dangerous drug combinations that do occur and can lead to overdose syndromes. We often think about overdose as just too much of one substance, but it, overdose could come in the forms of dangerous combinations. And so that is one form of misuse. Uh, different drugs are found. We found that to occur at a, a rate of 18%, meaning it didn't show a prescribed drug. The drug test didn't show the prescribed drug, but a patient was positive for at least one other non-prescribed substance, so, you know, such as an unreported benzodiazepine. And then, you know, no drugs are found, you know, essentially that patient has just been non-adherent to their medication or to their pain med, Dr. Gooden, as you've seen in your practice, maybe like, you know, a hydrocodone and they're dosed daily on it and yet they're negative in their result for, for the metabolites. This happens, uh, you know, and up to half of patients will get some kind of result that shows non-compliance and, and it's very concerning during this opioid crisis. And Jack, we've been reporting this for at least the last five or six years. And I have to tell you, every time I see the number, I'm just, my jaw drops. How is it that half of samples that come into a national laboratory, uh, something's wrong with, right? Either mm -hmm. they have additional drugs in there, different drugs are found, or no drugs show up at all. And, mm -hmm. and how do we know that? Because we ask the ordering physicians on the requisition to tell us what medicines is your patient supposed to be taking so that we could match it to the results to know whether it's consistent or inconsistent. So I think if you're a prescriber on the front lines out there, you need to know that patients are not always truthful and drug testing may be the only objective method we have of determining what substances is in your patient's body. Jack, go on, tell us about drug testing and standard of care. Yeah, drug testing is a staple in identifying behaviors that could be consistent with drug misuse, abuse, and or diversion. You know, of course, we always take that in the context of, you know, the patient background, uh, dosing, and so forth. But 88% of clinicians agree that clinical drug testing is critical to preventing drug misuse. 81% agree clinical drug testing is critical to preventing overdose deaths. I can't tell you how many fentanyl results, and you've seen Quest data pop up positive, and how can that complicate, you know, even patients who are undergoing buprenorphine induction or providers who are deciding whether or not to administer hydrocodone to the patient and so forth. So it adds to the complexity of, of managing these patients, but it is the standard of care, and it could ultimately lead to an intervention that saves a patient's life. Yeah, you know, there's no question that clinicians agree that drug testing is critical to the safety uh, for these patients with pain and substance use disorders. But one of the challenges is, Jack, and we did a podcast dedicated just to this, is that doctors don't really understand the nuances of drug testing. You know, in the lab, we have presumptive tests. Out in the field, they have presumptive tests, dipsticks and point of care cups that patients give a sample in the office. Most clinicians don't understand there's a difference in the sensitivity and specificity between those tests and that a presumptive test gives you presumptive results, not definitive results. If you want definitive results, you need to order a definitive test. So in our survey of the clinicians, we really just showed that they don't have a true understanding of the differences in the types of testing. And that we also asked them, what happens if the payers were to change the landscape saying that, okay, you can't do presumptive and definitive testing on the same sample what would you do? And that kind of put them in a, in a quandary. Most of them said that 95% said they have concerns if they weren't able to do both definitive and presumptive testing. Once they really 
understood the difference. More than half of them said they certainly wouldn't support any type of policies like that. And they recognized that, hey, you have to make a patient come back for a second sample. It puts additional time and burden or cost on the patient. It gives the patient the ability to manipulate the results. Compliance might change. It's more costly for the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. But Jack, I, I stepped over a very important point, and I want you to, I want you to talk about it. This was a, a poster that you and I presented together that looked at the difference if a doctor was just to do a point-of-care cup in the office, one of those inexpensive immunoassay cups, the line turns pink or it doesn't on, you know, on the side or on the top, mm-hmm. versus literally sending the sample to a lab like Quest and getting a definitive analysis. Tell us a little bit about how the docs felt about that and, and what we found in our, in our earlier study. Yeah, it speaks to the limitations of, you know, certain point of care devices and just immunoassay drug testing. You can miss a lot. It just doesn't have the level of sensitivity and specificity that, let's just say, a definitive test can provide. You know, the testing that's done on mass spectrometry and confirmed in terms of, and also, you know, mass spectrometry, as you know, can give a quantitative value, while oftentimes these immunoassay-based tests or even point of care tests don't give you a quantitative value. So the lack of sensitivity that's found in these point of care devices can lead to uh, what some people would call in the industry a false negative result, uh, meaning a drug concentration is falling below a cutoff. And unfortunately, those cutoffs are really high in a point of care device for many drugs. And we found that common for very commonly used uh, point of care devices for fentanyl. And there aren't many out there. But um, if we looked at one, we saw, you know, fentanyl had a really high cutoff and missed up, it could miss up to 74% of actual positives for fentanyl. So providers, we want them to know what they're missing by using these devices. And it could be very significant. Imagine missing a fentanyl positivity in a patient that comes through your door, Dr. Gouda, before you prescribe a controlled substance. You know, Jack, I think uh, we had our future vision goggles on when we did this survey, because I was just on the phone with a with an OB clinic in uh, Indianapolis. And they said that's their biggest trouble right now is that their point of care devices are not picking up fentanyl and the babies are being born with neonatal abstinence syndrome because the mothers are using because their devices aren't sensitive enough. You know, fentanyl is rapid acting. It goes away pretty quick. When we get the sample to the lab, we test down to, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, five nanograms per ml or something very low. The cups pick up- 0.5. 0.5, right? The cups can yeah. only pick up 50 or 100. I mean, it's magnitudes different. So keep in mind, if you really want to know what's in your drug sample, you should consider definitive types of testing. And if you have an interest in that topic, Jack and I have done a previous podcast on this same topic, the benefits of definitive over presumptive testing. But rest assured, in our survey as part of the health trends, when we asked clinicians, 86% of them said they saw the value as essential for definitive drug testing over presumptive testing. And more than half agreed that presumptive would miss a lot. Okay. I think we, we kind of beat that one to death. All right. So Jack, let's just kind of conclude with a couple of things here. The pandemic has clearly worsened our drug epidemic, right? It's caused mental health issues. Like you said, anxiety, depression. It's caused people to avoid going out of the house, to avoid medical care, to avoid drug testing. Many clinics change to a telemedicine approach. How do you drug test people from afar? Well, that's a good question, Jack. Before we close, give me a couple ideas. How would you drug test a patient from afar? Yeah. I mean, you could observe an oral fluid collection. It's done 
through the same methods that a urine drug test is done in the sense that we run it through our mass spectrometers and we provide a definitive analysis on what's present within the oral fluid specimen. Does Quest have an at-home oral fluid sampling system in place for drugs of misuse? Yes, Quest does have that solution. In addition, there are patient service centers as well. Great. So if a clinician is doing a telemedicine visit, he doesn't have to go blind without having the option for drug testing. He could send a patient to a patient service center for which there's a couple thousand around the country, or they can get them an at-home oral saliva swab so that they could send a sample to the lab to be tested. That's a great point for our audience to hear. Correct. All right. So let's conclude. The pandemic has worsened the drug crisis. We know that point-of-care testing could miss a significant amount of positivities, especially for the most common drug associated with overdose deaths nowadays, and that's fentanyl. We need comprehensive resources to identify risk, combat drug use, and yet still care for this very challenging patient population. That is the chronic pain patient, as well as the patients with substance use disorder and mental health issues. The other thing we're missing are guidelines for drug testing. You know, when you look at the addiction medicine society guidelines, and even the pain guidelines. They tell you that drug testing is critical. They don't tell us how to test, what to test, how often to test, right? I mean, I think we need more hard and fast guidelines for clinicians to know because let's face it, Jack, you and I are experts, and maybe we don't even know exactly how and when to test optimally. I think Mm -hmm. some resources need to go into that. And then you talk about things like telehealth, home-based care. That's the future of medicine, right? We need to Mm -hmm. figure out testing from afar. How do we test off-site from our offices? And it's great to hear that Quest has the patient care, patient service centers, as well as oral swab solutions as well. These these solutions are very important, you know, to keep the patient safe. It's a risk-based model in healthcare right now. and, And we want to be able to provide a solution that could lead to an intervention, as you heard me say before, that might save a patient's life. Catching that fentanyl as early as possible. That's great, Jack. So on behalf of my colleague, Dr. Jack Kane, and I, Dr. Jeff Gooden, I want to thank you for joining us for this, another edition or episode of our podcast called Health Trends, Drug Misuse in America 2021. Please feel free to get a copy of the Health Trends report, look through, see how challenging it is for our healthcare colleagues on the front lines, and get an idea of just how important drug testing is in your clinical practice. Frank, I'll turn it back over to you. Okay, thanks, Dr. Gooden. And that does it for today's discussion on Health Trends 2021, Drug Misuse in America, the latest episode in our podcast series. I'd like to thank our experts, Dr. Gooden and Dr. Kane, for being with us today and sharing their information and their expertise. And just a few notes to wrap up. To learn more about Quest Diagnostics drug monitoring offering, please visit questdrugmonitoring.com. There you'll find information on our drug monitoring test directory, our offerings, as well as a host of educational resources and insights from our team of toxicology experts. To listen to this and all our other podcasts, go to your favorite podcast app and search for Quest Drug Testing. Thank you again for your time. And at Quest, we are committed to providing you results and insights to support your clinical decisions.